Hello everybody, how are you doing today? This is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And yeah, yesterday was a bit of a thing. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> it ended rather abruptly because of uh, dog shenanigans. Because, well, that's what she do. And in all fairness, she was trying to protect the house from the evil skunk, but I was trying to get her to calm down so that she didn't freak the skunk out and make it spray, because that's all we need is for the yard to smell like skunk forever, because that stuff just doesn't go away. Yeah. So today is going to be one of those special episodes that I try not to do very often, mainly because I don't enjoy doing them. Today is going to be one of those days where I get a wee bit political. And it's because Larry Kramer has taught us all that silence equals non-existence. And I want to actually start with that. You need to understand, all of us need to understand, that silence equals non-existence. Now, the converse of that is not true. Speaking up does not equal existence. You got to be very careful about this because that's where people get all of this wrong. And I'm saying this primarily to my brother and sister SJWs out there who like to get all worked up. The message is all important. How the message is delivered is all important. The world is nothing but stories. I know in our rational age, in our rational times, where we love our science and we love our reason, we like to pretend that the world is logical and that people are logical and that if you make a logical, rational, sound argument, you will change people's minds. That's not how the world works. The world is built on stories. You have to understand that. You have to get that before anything else moves forward here. You could have some of the greatest arguments that the world has ever seen and not get somebody to change their mind because you haven't actually said anything that they were able to hear. There's a very good example of this, there's a, I think, can't remember if it was a TED Talk or a TED Ed video, but it came out from them, where the gentleman who convinced Pope Francis that climate change was a problem, did so because he only had 30 seconds to talk to the Pope. And so he didn't have time to go over the data and to go over the arguments and the rationality and all of that. And when he had his moment to talk to the Pope, in this receiving line, he simply said that if we don't do anything about climate change, the poorest 80% of the world will be hurt by the richest 20%. And that is unconscionable. And that's what got through to the Pope. It was the narrative. It was the story that 
if we do nothing, the people who are going to be hurt most are the people that had the least to do with making the problem. That's an emotional argument. That's an appeal to a narrative that affects the Pope greatly. And that's the one they got through. And that's how you actually win arguments. You have to talk the language of the person that you're talking to. That's difficult. That's hard. And every time I bring this up at a panel, people shout me down because the truth will overcome. No, the best packaged story will overcome. And yes, in the end, truth and justice generally win out because we have an innate sense of injustice and we know it when we see it. But you have to tell your story right or no one will listen to you. So today, the U.S. Department of Justice. I want to take a minute just to soak in the irony of that phrase right now. The Department of Justice wrote an amicus brief to a court in New York saying that Title VII does not cover sexual orientation, even though the Obama administration said it did. And so here we are. This is a day that I knew was coming. I've been predicting it for years because one step forward, two steps back seems to be the way it goes for our people. And here we have the government officially taking the side of discrimination against lesbians, gays, and bisexuals. Is a sexual orientation, not sexual identity, we're talking about here. And here we are. We're back to the good old days. Back to the days before Barack Obama made his miraculous change of heart and everything would be better for all time, or so I was told. By many, many people that have a much more optimistic view of the world than I do. Yeah, this is upsetting. But in so many ways, it doesn't really change the status quo. Gay people can be fired all across the country because no law... Well, maybe a couple states now. But most of the states... states that I, the state that I live in, for example... You cannot be, it is not discrimination to fire based on sexual orientation. It is not illegal to discriminate in hiring based on sexual orientation. It is not illegal to discriminate in housing based on sexual orientation. This is the problem that we have for getting gay marriage. Ogerfeld was a moonshot. And we reached too far too fast. It's the same problem that we have for having actually landed on the moon. The original NASA plan was to build a space station, then go to the moon, and then go to Mars. The problem is, we 
landed on the moon before we built the space station. And now we're having a hard time building the space station because why do we need a space station? Because we already landed on the moon. Why do we need to go to Mars? The links in the chain were not put in the right order. The whole chain is weaker. And the process falls apart. I'm not mad at Ogrefell. I got married to my partner of almost 21 years. But it was a good day and a bad day because for so many people, they were like, you have marriage now, you've won. No, we haven't. We don't have equal rights yet. We can be fired for being gay. We can be kicked out of our house for being gay. In many places in this country, we're still killed for being gay. They don't even report terrorist attacks against gay clubs anymore unless they can possibly link it to ISIS because we don't want to talk about good old white Christian people blowing up, attacking gay people. They're not the enemy that we want to talk about. And they're not enemies. This is a war of ignorance more than it is a war of hate. I know a lot of these people. They really feel like they're trying to help us. And they don't understand the harm that they're doing. Today is a sad day. But we need to move forward. Sam Wiley asked on Twitter today, what does pride mean to you? And I answered very quickly, pride means never apologizing for who and how I love and standing up with and for my community. And that's what pride is. Being part of the community, realizing That if one of us falls, all of us falls. It's hard to do that nowadays. Because we've started sectioning ourselves out. And everyone is looking for their own little niche. And I understand that. I mean, it's always been that way. I mean, back in the day of the gay men's health crisis in New York... There was always drama between the gay men and the lesbians because sexism is a thing even in our community, y'all. But now we have the arguments, the petty, petty arguments that have arisen about the transgender. Do they belong? Do ace and arrow people belong? How long should the LGBTQ plus list get what about intersexed people where do they belong and of course people aren't happy with just being gay or lesbian or bi we start arguing over those terms and start making up a thousand new ones Ashley Mardell who's now Hardell but I believe the book still says Ashley Mardell 
um, wrote a wonderful book called The ABCs of LGBT that kind of goes through all of that, if you're interested. Um, yeah. Those are discussions we can have when everything's all good. And the problem with the presidency of Barack Obama is it led many people in the community to think that everything is all good. And it's not. And today, we're reminded of that. Yesterday, we were reminded of that when the president decided to announce that transgender people couldn't serve in the military because reasons. And our community is under attack and it makes you feel so good. You go on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook and everybody's got their little prag their little pride flag out and rallying together and all those differences are forgotten because they're standing together and we have to stand together but you don't do that just because of an issue you don't do that because somebody has attacked us you do that because we are a community we are a people we have a shared history we have a shared identity and it's an amazing thing because whether you're black, white, Chinese, Korean, anything, we have a shared history that is multiracial, that is multi-ethnic, that is multinational. We have a shared history that spans the globe. We have great heroes like Alexander the Great and Oscar Wilde. We have stories of the, whether it was a transgendered man or woman that threw the first punch that started the Stonewall Rebellion, it was one or the other. Stories disagree on who actually started it. We are a people. What happens to one of us affects all of us. And if you don't come together as a community and you don't see the power and promise that exists in community then none of this matters raising your little fist in the air and waving your little flag in the air because oh somebody says something bad somebody says something hurtful oh that makes me angry that gets nothing done organizing unifying standing together, that changes the world.